Welcome to Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond, where we share our experiences of language learning with you, as well as the stories of other Australians and a few international guests who love learning, working with and communicating using other languages. I'm Penny. And I'm Beck, and we're excited today because we have a guest with us who is a member of the Language Lovers AU community, Kathy Ismail. Welcome to Language Chats. Hi, thank you guys for having me tonight. <laughs> I'm Yay! excited because Kathy and I have known each other for quite some time um, because we used to do a German class together, actually quite a quite a long time ago now, now that I think yes. of it, Kathy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's been a while. Um, that was before I had my daughter and now my daughter is three and, and a bit. Years old, so. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I think it's it been must a while. Have, yeah, it's been it's been a while. But um, we met, yes, quite a few years ago. Probably about six, maybe about six or seven years ago. Oh gosh, now, it's been I that think. long. Has it been that long? Yeah, about I six or seven so. years ago. Oh, and um, we stayed in touch a little bit just on, I guess, on the internet and throughout through language lovers. Um, but we wanted to speak with you, Kathy, today because. We think that you're uh, an interesting member of the community who has some really great language interests and a really interesting language story. Could you tell us a little bit about your your personal language story and what your history is with languages um, and learning them? Um, sure. Thank you, Beck. Thank you, Penny, for the invitation to join your podcast tonight. And I um, I was scratching my head at the start when I um, I received the invitation. I thought, oh, what would I talk about? But then um, um, I get, I'm, I'm happy that you guys helped me guide and guide me with how to answer these things. And I guess my history or how I started with languages actually started with my family. So um, my name is Kathy Ismail. So there's some history of it being a Malaysian, Malay um, background. And I grew up, I think, my with us speaking bilingual. So we always been speaking English and Malay at the same time. Um, and then my dad's side of the family had Javanese. My mom's, uh, my mom's family, I think, spoke a bit of a um, Minangkabau dialect, which is the North, hang on, North Sumatran dialect of Indonesia. So it's very confusing. Um, Javanese is from the Java Island, obviously. Um, so there's a bit of a mesh um, in the family. And then when I grew up in Malaysia, I went to public schools or schools in Malaysia. Um, we were basically, um, I've got influences from other Chinese and Indian friends. So I actually picked up um, Cantonese because I come from KL. I live in KL. So we spoke more Cantonese than Mandarin. And my neighbor or my good friends uh, were also um, um, uh, Tamils. I mean, they speak the Indians who speak Tamil, so their family were from the southern Indian part. So we'll just kind of learn everything. So <laughs> um, just pick up everything. So when people, if you're Malaysian, this story doesn't come across as, you know, new or weird or whatever. It's just, you know, one of those things that we uh, kind of, uh, what do you call them? Uh, we take for granted. Know. Yes, that's it. Yeah, that's the word. Thank you, Penny. We took. We took that for granted. And I came here when I told people this story, they were like, oh, wow, that's like so enriching. I'm like, actually, that's true. Um, I, um, we tend to be scotch bright for languages um, in, from Malaysia. If you come from Malaysia, it's... Did you, <laughs> so did you mean happens. scotch bright like the, like the sponge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just went, just sponging it up. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I love that expression. <laughs> yeah. 
I think I keep saying that to people because people don't understand how I learn languages and I felt like that's how I learn languages. Um, and when I was growing up, I learned, I learned other languages that, is, that, are, that were not available in Malaysia because of songs. Like I, we watched so much telenovela from, um, um, who's Rosalinda? Um, from Latin America? Mexico. Yeah, Mexico or, yeah. you know, Colombia or wherever. And I picked up Latin American and then I like Enrique Iglesias. Like I never, I could never pronounce his last name. Um, so, but I, I love his songs. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just just pick up stuff like that, you know, like over songs and movies and I don't know, just just seems natural and then yeah I like that. a bit yeah. of, a bit of spanish through spanish through songs and movies and then just massive diversity in the general community when you were growing up i think that's such a in lots of ways it's a real privilege yes yep i think um that's one thing i miss about being here because um not saying it's a bad it's not a bad or good thing but it's just a, it's a different scenario where you're so used to the multilingualism around you and then now you're back in monolingual you'll be like oh I just felt like there's there's something missing in my life and um, I guess going to the language school um, where we met back <laughs> actually felt I felt enriched by that experience like I, I love it every time there's Christmas party I ask other participants there oh what language are you learning and um, oh another language I forgot to mention was Arabic I went to a um, I went I, we had to learn Arabic for nine years at school. So I was fluent in Arabic wow. at school. So I, now don't ask me about Arabic now. I've totally forgotten about it. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? I mean, do you think do you think your experience in your story of languages is common for the majority of Malaysians? Or do you think you particular have this love of language which meant you were more open to the experiences that kind of presented themselves to you? What um, I felt like it's a bit of both because mm. we. Um, I also found out that most Malaysians actually we tend to do this um, parroting. We do this parroting exercise where um, my sister particularly is really, really good at um, picking up um, accents. So she worked at a, um, I think she's working at an IT support as a support engineer um, with a big company. I can't remember uh, which company she's attached to now, but she said, oh, this, this month my assignment was to support people from Texas. <laughs> and she actually said, oh, I, I really like that lingo, you know, like, yow, yow. And I'm like, oh, my God, you actually pick up that accent? And she's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you talk to one or two customers and you kind of like <laughs> latched onto the accent. So she, she really enjoyed the job. So I think there must be a small or majority of us who can do that in Malaysia. So, um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's actually really cool. <laughs> it is. And tell us a bit about how, so how did you find yourself in Australia? Um, well, initially I um, decided to further my studies in Australia and I did look at other places like Europe where I think the tuition fee was free, um, but then you have to add another six months to learn the local language, which I'm like, okay, probably could do it, but I just, just time. <laughs> want to spend extra six months already just to learn language and I thought not nah, just go to an English-speaking country already got the you know already speaking English and um, just make it easy but Australia I furthered my studies in architecture and I stayed um, yeah I was supposed to go back after two years but I <laughs> fell in love with the country. Oh. <laughs> and was that Melbourne Cathy or? 
Um, yeah, I went to Geelong. Oh, Geelong. I, yeah, Yay, I was Geelong. in Geelong for five That's years. That's right, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you in Geelong? Oh, wow. I love Geelong. So relaxed. But then yeah. I come, because I, I came from KL, right? Yeah, different um, pace. <laughs> oh, my God. I came to Geelong first. I'm like, oh, what is this? <laughs> but I love it. I mean, you know, it's just a different experience, different style, different, definitely different lifestyle because um, it's so close to the beach. Like mm. KL doesn't have a beach. And, you know, this sea breeze and, oh, it's just, it's different, different lifestyle. So I know that you um, met back during German class. So is, have you been pursuing language learning while you've been in Australia as well? Or was, was German a one-off or? Um, well, there's a story before German. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went to Allianz Francaise in St Kilda. And I took the A1.1 class and I thought, oh, I'm going to learn French and I'm going to be so good at it, blah, blah, blah. And then went one class and I'm like, oh my God, like it's, it confused. It's so confusing because I thought French was very, very similar to English. Like when you learn English as a second language or not, it's not your mother, mother tongue, I felt like it's very similar. It's that confusing for me. Um, but then when I when I realized, hang on, let's try German, see how it feels, um, and it kind of came second nature in a way. Like it's just like, Ooh. oh wow, this clicks. Oh wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's just one of those um, languages, just one of those things. Um, yeah, I can't. I mean, not that I can't learn French. I'll, I'll have to. I think I have to put double brain power to learn it. Kathy, um, <laughs> <laughs> I have faith in you. I'm sure you can do it one oh, day. <laughs> no, no, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no no more languages after I've got Norwegian and I'm restarting um, Mandarin at the moment. Oh, my God. Ooh, gosh, so there's lots of no- – tell us about Norwegian. Um, Norwegian? Oh, no, Norwegian was funny because it started because of um, um, the lockdowns, COVID. It started during COVID mm. in 2020, and so I've been going at it on and off, but now I've got – what was it? 100 oh, – where's my phone? I think it's 100 uh, – almost 180 days straight now, so I'm kind of committed now, committed. So That's before very this, sort of Yeah, so before this, it was like 100 days, and then I'm off. <laughs> 90 days, and I'm off, you know. <laughs> so now I'm like, okay, I'm going to you know try to do it over a year, over yeah, – on Duolingo. I've bought a couple of books um, on Norwegian, and I realised it was really hard to find good – um, books on the language in Australia mm. um, but I, I found some but you know it's still like oh that's it and the other one costs about bajillions of dollars so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so is that um, but no I, I, I love it and it was started it was it was kind of a bet because I said if I want to go overseas has to be the birthplace of cross-country skiing which is no way yeah. Wow. Okay. This is all making more sense now. Yep. So you see, you see the motivation there? Yes. I was I was going to ask what your inspiration had been, but I should have made this I should have made this connection in my mind because I do know, Kathy, that you are a very, very keen skier. Yep. And then yeah, I, I always feel like one day I will go to Norway and you know go skiing there in um diff, you know various places, uh, various regions in Norway. And then I learned that um Norway is a bit like um the UK where every single bit had um their own dialect. I'm like, oh dear, all right, I'll just learn Bokmal, which is the the official language. 
and then we'll just try to wing it once we get there. So <laughs> that's so exciting because you know Beck and I often talk about this on the podcast about how you know isn't it great when you have you know language is a passion and then you might have another passion in your life and when the two can come together it's like oh this is amazing and I feel like for you like your love of snow and skiing um, <laughs> can come together in language as well uh, are there any other like languages or destinations where you think you might like to branch out and learn that language as well <laughs> Well, I, I thought I, I will tell you a previous um, experience that I've done. Um, I think Beck remember this. Maybe you don't remember this, but um, I actually went. We went. I, we went to Austria in two thousand seventeen, and then I realized that hang on, Austria because we were already learning German at that time. Um, and I thought, hang on, Austria, Austrian German is definitely different from um, German German. So German, we learn obviously the Hochdeutsch. And then you go to that southern region, it's the Bayerische um, Deutsch, <laughs> all that, you know, the mountainous um, parts. And luckily at that time, um, it so happened that we had, um, we had, who's, who's that lady? Angelina? I can't remember now what's her name. Um, but she was specific, she was actually from the specific region where I was going. So we sat in one or two um, classes sort of give the rundown of how Austrian German sounded like. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's different language. Ah! So um, it's, it's, it's so different. Once you get there, once, once we, we got there, I was the spokesperson for me and my husband. So everyone would start talking German in, uh, uh, to him. And it's like, no, 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 talk to her. She speaks German. I don't. <laughs> and even then, my German was very like, I'm trying to sound more southern but I think they picked up that I was a foreigner so they spoke to me in Hochdeutsch langsamer Hochdeutsch nice slow German (laughs) (laughs) that's good (laughs) so that was really good experience and then um and the the I think we always laugh about this the the high altitude you go in certain uh, mountainous region the more um the dialect changes so Mm -hmm. uh, we went to this region called um the king uh the king I can't remember, to be honest. I think the the Knick, Hoch Knick, um region or something. And, oh, my God, I do not understand what I'm talking about. So, we speak English. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I can't. I can't do that. I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not speaking German here. <laughs> Sorry. At least oh, you made cool. at least you made an effort. I think that's that's always the key, right? When you're traveling, when you can just make even the smallest amount of effort, you know, you don't have to be fluent that means um fluent necessarily as long as you can give it a good hard go (laughs) yep that's true and because you if you notice if you go to these places sometimes the english translation either nil or not even close to what the original Mm. deutsch wordings and i'm like oh come on that's just i don't know whether it's i'm not saying it's a lazy translation but i'm just saying that's kind of like a shortcut translation so the german might be a bit more you know, a bit more full wordy and all those things. And English one is just two sentences. I'm like, really, guys? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Sometimes it's at those times where you realise, I don't think that English is necessarily that efficient <laughs> yeah. in, in, its, in its use of words. I think that sometimes they just simplify it. But see, again, another good reason to know a little bit of the language of the place that you're going to because then you can understand the extra info. 
And definitely, definitely. It was definitely an experience. So yeah, um, yeah, we, um, I don't know, it's just, it's a good experience to visit a place and then you know the language mm. and you get mm. all this extra stuff. So um, in that region, it was the first time I watched the biathlon because, <laughs> because they were like, oh, you can speak German. Maybe you could join this thing. And I'm like, okay, what, what is it? Uh, oh, that's a free bus and everything. I'm like, okay, sure. What, what is the event? So um, just buy the, t- the tickets. Tickets only $40 to see these athletes. And I'm like, Sure. Okay. So we just kind of hop on the bus. We don't know where we're going. So um, that's how it started with biathlon. And we didn't realize that biathlon is you bring the gun on your back and you ski with the gun <laughs> at the stadium. Oh, so, so tell oh, us what, what's, what's that, the sport? Um, it's biathlon. Biathlon. Yeah. It's two uh, sports. It's sort of two sports. So it's like skiing a triathlon and shooting. Yeah. 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 And so, shooting. Yep. Yep. So huh. what do you sh- – targets? Yep. Target Five, shooting. Yep, so target shooting, so five targets. So they have to ski, I think, 4.5K in, in, or around 5K or 4.5K and shoot and then do that for a couple of times, a couple of rounds. And So can you do can... this? Have you done this? Uh, I might have. Wow. <laughs> I won't say so much, but yes, I have done it. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, among, other, among other crazy things I've done, but... <laughs> It's actually quite hard to get a gun license, so <laughs> we'll keep it at that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yep, on the way, on the way. But you know, good, good. good. <laughs> I'll keep the skiing at the, at this time. So yeah. Oh, that's hilarious! Skiing that's and hilarious. languages. I love it. I love it. Mm. Yeah. Um, two passions mean, combined. Yes. Yep. Definitely. You mentioned Mandarin as well. So what's what's your story with with mandarin i know as a as a child or as when you were in malaysia it was you know another language that was yeah. in your life <laughs> yes that's it like, I, I think i felt like mandarin was a missed opportunity because um i could have learned mandarin when i was younger but i wasn't you know i was just mucking around messing around and didn't didn't catch much mandarin and now i'm kind of regretting it so <laughs> and now i'm kind of doing it with a friend or not not officially. I've got a friend who's sort of doing a bite-sized um, Facebook vi- uh, Facebook video. Yeah, yeah. Vi- she recorded herself on the subject and she's sort of saying, oh, this is, you know, the subject. Um, and she emphasized on the pronunciation. And I'm like, wow, I can actually, you know, catch on this. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So um, just started le- learning that. But I've got a couple of other things, like just trying to listen to Mandarin conversations in general. Um, but I, I think my brain is kind of stuck on German, Norwegian at the moment. So <laughs> the Mandarin is hard to penetrate in there. <laughs> you Go find- where the snow is good. So have, yes, have you, have, that's exactly. it. <laughs> Do you find it all, Kathy? Because I, I, it's interesting that you say like, oh, the German and the Norwegian is like all in your head. Um, and so it's, it can be hard to separate. Sometimes, and Penny, I'm interested in your thoughts on this too. Like, when you have, if you're trying to learn languages that are in different families almost and they're, some of them are more related to each other than others, I feel like I used to, when I was younger and trying to trying to do this, I found it really, really difficult. And then as time has gone on, sometimes I find a little, it's almost like I find a channel and I realise that I can keep them separate. Um, I don't know if either of you have ever experienced that. I think I've experienced it both ways, Beck. Yeah. Where I feel like at a certain level for me, like at the moment where I'm I'm just 
hopping back into Chinese after a three-year break. Mm. And so I had my first conversation class on Thursday last week and, yeah, I found myself, you know, throwing in some words that were not Chinese. (laughs) 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 Some Japanese and some Vietnamese might have made it into my conversation. But um, I think, you know, when I was much more focused in it at a higher level in Chinese, that never happened, but that's because Mm. that's where my focus was and... I don't know whether it's a proficiency thing or it's a focus thing or it's a combination of both. I think it's a combination of both, but like I think it's really cool how our like how our brains and I think the more languages that you have studied and the more that you you sort of dip your toes into and and learn a little bit more about it's almost like your your rolodex of of potential words that you could try and use to for the same meaning just gets bigger. And so as you go, like, I don't know, I find myself sometimes like kind of flicking through. It's like, I fl- like I'm flicking through my head literally if you're looking for a word and being like, wait, I can remember it in German and Danish. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but I can't true, remember what that was in Italian anymore. <laughs> but yeah. it just cycles through, I guess. It's just like, it's like anything, just the more practice that you get, the, the easier It's interesting it is. though, when I was saying that these these other words popped into my head, no, no French popped in. <laughs> But I think because it was just like, you know, my Asian languages and then French is kind of different. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Kathy? Does that happen to you sometimes? Yes. I think, I think because um, my, uh, my mum was actually the master of learning all these languages, right? Um, so she said that how she learned it was she had a box. She put one language in each box. So that's how she compartmentalized her brain. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take that you know, as the example. And it kind of worked, but sometimes I have to set myself. I think I learn, um, I learn Norwegian at night after dinner. And then I learn other languages at other times. So that's how mm, I organize my idea. brain. Yeah. So otherwise it's kind of mixed up. And then if I were to speak Malay, which is my, it's actually my mother tongue, but I'm a bit embarrassed to say that I'm actually not very fluent in Malay. Um, just certain words, certain nuances, like um, there can be very specific words in Malay that I don't know anymore and I have to relearn that, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, in Malay, um, my husband would notice this. The more I speak in Malay, the less Aussie my English sounds. <laughs> So the more Malaysian my English sounds, that's how much <laughs> I speak Malay. It's, it's hilarious. So that's kind of correlational, apparently. Um, so it's always funny when I went back home to KL, to Malaysia, and then I come back I come back here and my husband's like, oh, you sound very, very Malaysian. I'm like, okay, thanks. So it will take a while to get used to the Aussie accent again. <laughs> but this is the beauty of I guess this is the beauty of language too it's that mm. you know your the the languages that you speak should have that influence on your yes. on your way of speaking on your way of expressing yourself and your way of communicating it's it's funny because um we went to Canada last month right by the end of the holiday which we stayed there for a month um so by the end of the holiday I sounded a bit more like Canadian Australian I'm like oh my god please like I started to say certain words in a Canadian way and I'm like no 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 <laughs> just have to break that you know have to break that connection and sound 
more Aussie now. No, no. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, I teach my brain not to be, I don't know. It's just very, my brain is quite, um, um, I don't know. I just, I just pick up stuff. I just pick up languages just that easy. So That's amazing. Um, yeah. You mentioned before that you have got a young daughter. Is is language and language learning a part of her part of her life yet, or she she's still little? I know. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a up, uphill battle for me because I don't speak. To be honest, I don't speak Malay much at home. I do it um, every so often when I catch up with my um, you know uh, to do my. Malay shows or to do some um, committee work on the Malay um, Malay language and stuff like that but with my daughter I think I'll try my best to expose the Malay language to her um, because I speak Malay with my family at home so we know certain words like you know, nene, nene means grandmother in Malay and she knows nene she knows ato which is grandfather so um, words like that and um, I I just could not uh, teach her properly because she makes fun of it she said it was one time it was just a funny thing but she said no I don't want to speak Malay it's yucky and I'm like oh god come on <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't want to speak anything else I think she was being a difficult toddler um, so at that time having a bit of a tenty. Um but I bought her what work was I bought her a book a uh, singing book so it's like a nursery rhyme book um in malay and then she actually finally she actually sung again she sung some songs from there that's great yeah so finally she actually could say the the you know the some of the words and stuff like that so it's just it's good just um having you in her life and and seeing you learn languages and speak different languages is such such an amazing thing for her because she will grow up knowing that language is such a you know an important and valued kind of part of of your life and that hopefully you know she might absorb some of that herself you never know (laughs) that's true I'm hoping to um you know show her um the beauty of Malay language but I think she's um you know it just depends on the um I guess the situation of she's living in exactly Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely um now, Kathy, you mentioned earlier the Malaysian show that you do. Now, I think so. You do an in-language program on radio. Is that right? Can you tell us a little bit more about about that yes. and how often it happens and where do you do this and who listens to yeah, it? Yeah, that's um, that's a uh, that's a little, I guess, um, it's a it's a funny story how it started. So, at certain point of being in in Australia, I realized that I lose the actually losing the ability to fully concoct a, a proper sentence in Malay, which is ridiculous. And I'm like, I speak in Malay with my family, but I can't speak Malay properly. Like if, I, if we need to go to the community community and speak in Malay, um, I found that very, very hard, which is ridiculous <laughs> because I speak Malay. Malay is my mother tongue, right? Oh, it's just ridiculous. But um, it. Um, someone introduced me to the one of the radio DJs. Um, the show is actually being broadcasted um, at 3 Triple Z. Um, so he said, oh, why don't you come along as a guest first and see how you go? And um, one of the, I think, who's the founder? One of the main founder actually said, you've got a good voice. You can train up your voice for radio. And I'm like, 
okay, all right, good, <laughs> good feedback, you know. So I um so we went um for a six week training course with the with three triple Z, um and it's a once a week show at ten o'clock to eleven, um, at night. Um so during the COVID days, uh, we do it from home. But um, if it if it's not COVID, we'll try to go to the studio because it's actually much better to do it at studio because um, for me especially I don't oh, not that I don't have time well technically I don't have time but it takes longer to edit your show at home than mm-hmm. than at studio so at, at at the studio it's live so um, it took me a couple of tries before I became quite comfortable with it because it's just it's it's hard because you, once you click the button, it's on live and yes, you can do mistakes and stuff, but it's still, you know, it's it's a live thing. So <laughs> you feel a bit more responsible um, if anything goes wrong on air. And um, the community actually, um, it's beneficial to the community because I think it's one of the, I think maybe the only Malay language radio in Melbourne. So um, we, yeah, so we, to rejuvenate a little bit of the um, the show we um, each DJ actually ha- produce our own program, so my program is a bit more, I guess, uh, diverse. I I invite people from non non Malay speaking background as well because I just wanted to sort of you know if if you have some relations to Malay culture, Malay language, I think it's great. So there's something in common to talk about and also beneficial to the listener who is actually listening in Malay for the Malay community. So we tend to translate a little bit. So there's some, so it's interesting if you invite guests who actually don't speak Malay because you have the opportunity to actually think about the translation um, mm. and certain things that we don't have the translation in Malay. So it's like, oh, wow, this is interesting, actually. <laughs> and then we, we were wrecking our brain thinking, how do you actually translate that in Malay? So it's just, it's actually quite interesting. So, yeah. Oh wow! So you have do you have like set topics or like themes that you talk about, or is it quite broad and you can talk about? Anything? Yeah, we can talk about anything. Um, I think because we're five of us, five of us, and all of us had our own little thing. Um, so my theme that I always do with my guests are always around women and business. Um, sports I love as I think you guys know that I love sports <laughs> I love skiing and all those things um, travel so I always invite people who's within that kind of theme and businesses yeah. because I think I feel like we need to support local businesses small businesses so I always invite them um, to do a little bit of a you know marketing or you know there's uh, just some exposure for the business um, and also to sort of, I don't know, it just felt it's a good thing. It's a community thing. So I think it's good for us to feature some of these ladies onto the community. Yeah. That's fantastic. Oh, great. We'll, we'll, um, we'll find out some more info and pop that in the show notes so people yeah. who are listening who Definitely. might like to tune into your radio show can find that and have a listen to you in action with your oh great malay radio voice i think it's awesome (laughs) (laughs) what a fantastic way to keep your like your mother tongue up in australia as well because i I can completely understand what you're saying about how you how you feel 
like it's crazy that you would be losing the language that is you know your first language Mm -hmm. but I think it must be something that a lot of people who have migrated to another country would understand because you know if you do use a different language to your to your mother tongue every day for your work in you know with your family in a relationship um no matter what it is that you do like I guess it's I think it's called like language attrition Mm. um is a is a real it's a real thing and it's not something to be ashamed of or something to be um you know I think worried about because it's just a that's a very natural process um but giving yourself an opportunity like that to be able to keep up the language which is probably the closest to your heart is um, really, it's a really great thing to do. I think that's cool that you've got the opportunity to do oh, it in Melbourne. Thank you. I think um, I like how you say that because I felt like maybe it was just me, but also I think, um, yeah, some other people actually said that we, they don't have any opportunities to speak in Malay. So when they come to the studio, they were like, oh my God, we have to speak in Malay. Like, wow, we yeah. can speak in Malay. I'm like, yes, we, we have to speak in Malay. I mean, we very, you know, I, I will always encourage the guests to speak in Malay because um, I think that's the only one time you actually be, you know, be recognised for speaking in that language because we speak English almost every day or every day, to be honest. So, exactly. you know, so... But it goes to show, like, there are so many, and I know Penny and I have, we've said this many times in this podcast, but we'll say it again. Um, Like, you know, in Australia, we do have lots of people who speak so many different languages, even though every day it can really feel like all that anyone speaks is English, but it's not, it's not true. There's lots of, there's lots of linguistic diversity and it's just about kind of, I guess, bringing that sometimes to the, to the fore. Mm. Yeah. which is why we love speaking to people like oh, you, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and you should listen to Three Triple Z because they have so many languages there. And I actually okay. set ninety-two point three FM on my um, in my car because you know oh, one nice. time when I don't want to listen to any other normal commercial Melbourne radio station, I just pop on there and whatever language that was on, just it just felt good. And they always play non-English song, so I just oh, yeah. felt refreshing. So if you, yeah. I think um, midday, sometimes midday it was Arabic or something and then you kind of listen to Arabic stuff. I'm like, oh, this is good. And at night, weekday, weekends, you listen to Croatian or Serbian. I can't remember which one now. Um, so it's just that, oh, it's just, I don't know, just uh, just refreshing, just nice. How good. <laughs> Yeah, we'll make sure that we'll make sure that there is a link in the show notes yes. so that yes, if you are interested, then you will be able to find that info. Definitely. Okay. That will be good. Oh, we have loved chatting to you tonight, Kathy. Thank you so much for making the time to come and join us on an episode of Language Chats. And thank you for having me. And I, I don't know whether I talk too much or you know it just felt like no no you talk as much as you want that's why we're here you're the guest (laughs) I talked so fast as well because I was nervous but uh, you know just I'm excited (laughs) to share with you guys um about my um language journey and it's been fascinating I I felt happy that we share the same interests because sometimes I feel like I'm this weird girl who likes to speak multiple languages and I feel normal with you guys so, or in that group. So in that Aww. Facebook group, because sometimes you ask, oh, how many languages are you learning? I'm like, hmm, how many should I key in this week? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't be conservative. So, yeah. 
<laughs> well, if you are Hi. listening to this podcast and you feel the same way, um, like you are, you know, all of your friends think that it's really odd that you like learning languages or you just find all of this stuff really interesting and you may have found your people here, then please do join our Facebook group. It is Language Lovers AU Community and that's where um, we all hang out sometimes I guess on the internet um but you can find all of us there and you can also join in and join in the conversation I guess and you know share a few things with some people around with some common interests um so yes that's the language lovers au community on facebook um you can also find us at languagelovers.com.au if you want to find out a little bit more about what we do um otherwise you can also get in touch with us on instagram at languagelovers.au and don't forget that we have episodes coming out every fortnight um so make sure you subscribe to language chats wherever you listen to this podcast and share with your language loving friends or maybe a person in your life who is into malay might love to mm-hmm. listen to this episode oh, awesome awesome and um i <laughs> should say terima kasih to, um, to all the listeners for listening in to this episode and um, terima kasih means thank you and thank you to you both as well for the opportunity to share my language journey and I, I love sharing about it and Malay is um, I think um, yeah Malay language is beautiful easy to learn I think I think Penny you learn a little bit of Malay you have a little bit of Malay yeah I was learning a little bit of Indonesian oh, yes. during the language devil challenge oh, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah awesome it's very similar it was very great. similar yeah And we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us, Kathy. Thank you. Thanks, Kathy. Bye. Bye. Bye.